Hey, thanks for joining uh, the Sunday Morning Quarterbacks. This is our fourth episode. This one's going to be pretty fun because we actually have uh, one of the SMQBs who was in the stadium for the Bucks Super Bowl victory. He is a hometown Bucks fan, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we have our punchable face of the week, so check it out. Have fun. Find the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my hands the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. had the over under on this pod set at three and you are over you win smqbs episode four so much to get to today i know we got house pope rooster milk this is the bison we're fired up so much sports to talk about i know someone here is really excited today to share their feelings we should be talking about caps flyers manchester city liverpool georgetown villanova even Lewis Hamilton's new contract, just so much to get to, but we have to turn this over to the big winner from the weekend. This is really, really a special moment. Rooster, the Knicks got Derek Rose. How are you feeling? <laughs> oh, I know. Can you believe that? I mean, <laughs> typical Knicks, right? They give him uh, a second round pick. Uh, okay, Jr. Or washed up Derek Rose. Wow. I mean, Milk. Milk. Might as well brought Latrell Sprewell back. Milk, you're I'm a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. It's not, not you. A yeah, champion, buddy. Cheers, milk, milk man. Now, Milk, t- tell our listeners, Thanks, guys. where do you live? Tampa. I and live in Tampa. How, how long have you lived in Tampa? I've lived there for 43 years. Um, Are you a Bucks fan? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, followed that team for my entire life. And it's been mostly losing, uh, especially for the last 14 years. And uh, what can I say? You, you were in the stadium last night, right? Got tickets yesterday morning, uh, pulled the trigger, had to do it. You, wait, you Tell us how you got the tickets. You, I thought you were wearing one of those red sport coats dancing with the weekend. <laughs> right. I was, was actually not, in the halftime show. It, that's what I thought. No? I was wearing the face the mask over my entire face. You couldn't tell. Jockstrap. <laughs> yeah, whatever that was. All right. Tell uh, us, what are, you, what are you feeling, man? How are you? I'm, I mean, honestly, it's kind of surreal. I'm in shock. Um, just it, crazy. I mean, the whole experience. I've never, have you guys been to a Super Bowl before? I, I have, think. yeah. 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 I, that was my first Super Bowl. Um, it was a scene. I mean, it was a scene. And uh, I, I just... I mean, I didn't expect what well, we we predicted what uh, would happen. First of all, I want to call out. Um, well, I'll keep him nameless, protect his identity. But one of our fellow hosts predicted a thirty-seven thirteen Chiefs win last week. Did I say Chiefs? I wasn't going to back. I wasn't going to milk you, Pope. Um, but uh, look, it's a minor miracle that I've even made this podcast today, and I'm running at about 50%. I left it all on the field yesterday. <laughs> uh, I've lost my voice. Um, 
But I know Tom Brady got the MVP, but I want to just give a shout out to our defense. Oh, um, yes. I mean, we did, and Todd Bowles, especially. And Todd Bowles, right. We, they, I mean, the Chiefs did not score a touchdown. Unbelievable. <laughs> How's that happen? I, I, I mean, literally. And I think the stat of the game is 58 pass attempts, 29 pressures. 29 most in Super Bowl history. I mean, they were, I mean, he was flustered. He was running around. And, and uh, you know, you know, what's crazy that that offense is so good that, you know, a lot of people are saying it wasn't a good game. I thought it was so entertaining because every time they had the ball, the chiefs, just because of the, the, the weapons they have, I never thought the game was over. I mean, there was yeah. like probably eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter when it just seemed inevitable at that point. But but I just kept waiting for some miracle play. And, and I, I mean, really, that, that offense is so talented. You're like on the edge of your seat the whole time and just completely obliterated them. It seemed, yeah. it seemed like the Chiefs were expecting Bowles to blitz all the time like he always does. And they never adjusted to the fact that he wasn't blitzing. He was double covering Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. And and, and freaking Devin White was all over the field. All over, all they didn't. They didn't have I, to. I didn't blitz. realize he was so fast. They didn't have to blitz because the Kansas City tackles couldn't stop him. Yeah. They penetrated on every, pretty much every passing play. They were in the backfield. Yeah, you guys, got to see this breakdown, this film breakdown. I don't know if you've ever seen Baldy's breakdowns, Brian Baldinger, of the Todd Bowles defensive game game plan basically in a nutshell there was a lot that was talked about during the broadcast about this too high safety but you know they've got the bucks have stud safeties they basically put them in center field and said i dare you to go deep with tyreek underneath they had these stud linebackers taking away the middle taking away kelsey and then they were pressuring Mahomes, and I mean, I don't know if you heard some of the post game from Arians, and it was basically we dared him to run. We said, go ahead, go ahead. If you want to run, go for it. But we're going to be coming around both edges. It was a masterful game plan. And I said on the text chat last night, like, I don't have total recall of all these Super Bowls. I cannot remember a more dominating defensive performance. And when you take that juggernaut offense, who was just steamrolling. By the way, the Bills had a pretty decent yeah, defense. Yeah, the Bills had a good defense. Right? Yeah. right? They they made them look like babies, and they yeah. absolutely yeah. no touchdowns from Patrick Mahomes. But, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on that a little bit. Okay. And this is this goes in the category of like how did how did so many people miss all the red flags about the Chiefs, right? I mean, you, you talk about that offense, and, and I said it too about the weapons, but Let's look back over their their last couple scores going into the playoffs. Okay, obviously they put up 38 on Buffalo two weeks earlier. That seems like right in step with what they're tuned to. 22 over the Browns, 21 over the Chargers. I think they rested some people that that last week of the season. Right, but but 21 over the Chargers. 17 over the Falcons? Is that right? Did I have that right? 32 over the Saints. 32 over the Saints, 33 over the Dolphins. Okay, 32, 33. I mean, that's not nothing, but it's not explosive. 22 over the Broncos and then 27 over the Bucks. So, you know, maybe maybe that explosive offense that we all thought was there because of Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill, ah, maybe it really wasn't all that this year because of that offensive line. 
Well, I think well, Toby was on to something last night. I really think that uh, Andy Reid should turn over the play calling to Bienemy because against that defense that you just described, you got to run slants and flares and you know wheel routes and all that stuff to get out on the passes on the outside and and in between the linebackers and the deep safeties and they never adjusted to do that. Well, this, this doesn't take away from Tampa's defensive. No, effort, not at all. It was a totally but, dominant uh, defensive but, effort. But but you know, and again, nobody's looking for excuses from the Chiefs. But there's no question that Mahomes was not even close to 100 percent mobility last night. I mean, we know now he's going to have surgery off season on his bad toe, and he clearly, on some plays, was not able to get out and about as he normally does, uh, and that made a huge difference because you know. Early on in the game, he had a couple gains for first downs where he looked like him old, his old self. But once they started rattling him, he was not able to get out of the pocket and be the danger that he has typically uh, because he wasn't at full strength. And, and you know, and Pope, that's that's such a good point. But it and it goes to like you know everybody this week was talking about the goat versus the kid, and and people have penciled in Mahomes as the greatest football player to ever you know walk between the lines and, and everything, you know, you, so much of his game is his quickness, his shiftiness. I mean, he's got a, a, a generational arm. Okay. No kidding. But, but his shiftiness, his escapability is such a big part of his game. You know, if he's going to be the goat one day, he's going to have to like stay healthy because you saw like when, when you limit him a little bit in that pocket and getting around, I mean, you're right. He was he was not 100 percent, and it showed. Well, what about the drops? I mean, there were some really bad drops. Yeah. Kel- Kelsey's Kelsey drop early on was a killer. Yeah, it killed their momentum. It, it just exactly. Well, and there's one in the end zone too, right? There, there are two in the end zone. Yeah, I think Daryl Henderson and um, and Hill. They weren't outright nope. drops. They were they were tough. They were tough catches. It hit him in the face mask. Yeah. Uh, I think you know, Kelsey's was right there. I mean, Kelsey's was right there. Let in me the ask hands. you from the seats, from the seats, because I think it's really special that you were physically there. Bill, the question is this for our for our audience. Everybody would want to know, because very few people actually get to be at a Super Bowl, but be beyond the spectacle of the entertainment and the lights and all the special things on the field. What were the three most memorable plays, moments of the game that you can remember? Yeah, um, I mean, the, the first touchdown, because in, in the very beginning of the game, I felt like the momentum was all Casey. We, we went three and out on our first drive, first couple drives, and they came down, scored a field goal, and I started to, you know, I'm like, here we go. This is going to be one of those, our offenses, and get going anywhere, and by the way, interesting stat, up until yesterday, I think Tom Brady had never thrown a touchdown pass in the first quarter of the Super Bowl. Yes, I heard that. That's too. right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. And so when he threw that touchdown to Gronk, I was like, wow, you know, I think, we're, I think we can win this game. But the second touchdown he threw to Gronk, I think, was even more impressive. And that showed me those are two guys that just have so much chemistry. I mean, the timing was perfect. Um, it, it's just two guys that have played together for 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 twenty years or however long it's been. Um, that was special. But also, I think probably the, the third thing would be our running game. 
Yeah. We, we ran all over the Chiefs. Fournette, unbelievable job. Uh, you know, Rojo wasn't running as well as Fournette, especially after that goal line stand that they had. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you could tell, like, from what when you're there, but on TV, I mean, it seemed like Tampa was so much more physical than Kansas City, and and starting with the running backs. I mean, those guys were running hard over people. Yeah, yeah. That was Pope's Pope's pick last week was Fournette. Pope, Pope said Fournette was a big key. And I think of all those rookie linemen drafted, Werfs had the best season of this year. The offensive line, unbelievable. I mean, yep. you know, they they're they have been very suspect. And at wow. the end of the game, when they had to eat clock, Jones was running pretty well too. Yeah. Behind, oh yeah, the one-two punch. And Fournette did not. And his passes out of the uh, his catches out of the back were crucial. And he'd had a lot of trouble this season with those dropping them. He had a lot of drops. So Patrick, where were you sitting? What what yard line? Uh, we were like uh, probably end zone, two yard line, something like that. Uh, triple. We're in the upper deck. Were you at the? Were you the for the first touchdown in that end zone? Yes. So the first touchdown of the Super Bowl came into your end zone. Correct. And what? When did you find out you had tickets? Uh, about. Nine o'clock in the morning yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the benefit of any... having a home game uh, Super Bowl. It, what, yeah. When did you get to the stadium, and when and when did you get home and go to bed? Uh, let's see. I got to the stadium around three, three thirty. We went to a uh, pre-party, um, and then we won't talk about what time I got home. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think I just saw Natalie post on Facebook. Has anybody seen Patrick today? I, think, <laughs> I thought I thought I saw you with a weekend on a TikTok. <laughs> could have been me. I don't know. So, oh, so I mean, obviously Brady's the MVP, but his numbers weren't. You know, they weren't overwhelming. Whoa, just whoa, over whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on, hang on. First half. Historic numbers. Well, that's that's what I want to talk Eight, about. Eighty percent completion and three touchdowns. First time that's ever happened in the Super Bowl. That's why. That's why. Yeah. The running, that's the running game, though, right? I mean, it took so much pressure off him. Yeah, well, that's that's what I wanted to say. Though was like you know, so you you go into the half with such a great first half offensively, and then you come out and you just ran you know ram the ball down their throat, running it and get that touchdown to start the second half. I mean, does that? Doesn't that explain a little bit Brady's numbers? Because, you know, he's, a lot of people are coming out and saying, oh, you know, his numbers weren't that great. But he, it's a totally different approach to the game in the second half, right? Yeah. He could, yeah. He could have had 450 and, and five touchdowns if, he, if they, he would have done whatever they needed to do to win. They, they played the game that uh, Kansas City gave them. Yeah. Well, I, I said last week they had to run the ball down their throats, and they did. Yeah. Keep Let the ball say, out of the Jets' offense. I mean, the Chiefs' offensive hands. Let me say this about Tom Brady. Are we all ready? <laughs> is, is this? Are you ready to? Are you ready to fall on your sword? Your ridiculous statements. Do we need? Do we need to get the goat? Do goat cake I, I think, out for you? I think all of our audience should sit down for this because I've really, I really think I can put this into perspective. Oh boy! And 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 actually, the way a lot of my epiphany about Brady last night came not off of a Brady play. It came off of a Mahomes inability play. And I, I think, I think, first of all, I've been reading a lot of, 
you know, I think when history comes back at this run that he just did, there were some pretty interesting things written. You know, 22 days, Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes. 22 days, he beat Breeze, Rogers, and Mahomes, who I'm pretty sure all three will be in the Hall of Fame. Think about what um, you just said. Yeah. So, and, so and the well, on the road, Taylor, Taylor Heineken, too. And Taylor, oh, <laughs> yes. Taylor the great, the great the star here. But look, here, here's the thing. I think if you are looking for going to war and you want a general who can tell people where they need to be, how they need to conduct themselves, chain of command, doing the right thing, I think he's the best field general of all time. I think also in terms of intelligence on the field, while I think Peyton Manning would give him a good run for his money, I think he's one of the most intelligent quarterbacks who will ever suit up. And just in terms of a leader, just being a leader on the field, he's an incredible leader. His stats, I think, will not be broken. Look, even if you think about like what they were talking about at the end of the game, you know what it would take for Mahomes to get to number eight? I mean, it's like unfathomable. So, I mean, I don't, I think some of these conversations about greatest ever sometimes get into a little silliness, but if you want a general, if you want a leader, if you want the most intelligent um, and what he did in the last 22 days, unquestionably historic. And I, you know, I tip my hat to Tom Brady for being the victor. I do wish they could have given the MVP. I do wish they could have given the MVP to somebody defensive. It was that special of a defensive effort. I will say that. Is that your way of saying you've been wrong for the last two weeks? No. It's goat cheese, right? Yes or no, he's the goat. He's the greatest general, the greatest leader, one of the most intelligent ever. I think that's – you got to be kidding. How many wars are it going to take? Two, three? What does he have to do? Does he have to have rings on all his fingers? Five Super Bowl MVPs. Milk, what did you say that he texted uh, the, the team? I heard that he texted the team all week. We will win. And that That's silly. And I, you know what? I promise you, Is Patrick it? Mahomes texted his whole team. We have this. And then when he won... They, they said, oh, Mahomes texted, we had this. That part is silly. The fact that he said, we will win, that's not what makes him a great quarterback. Did you guys see Brady in the uh, in the huddle in the fourth quarter yeah. scream? What was he yelling about? That was awesome. I didn't see that. What was? Where was that? It yeah. was, it was oh, I don't know. He screamed some profanity-laden thing to the whole huddle. He was fired up. Did you see, oh, him, like, you know, did you see him go out to the honey back? It, it, was, it, oh. was, it, it was just amazing how... They were almost afraid of him. He was so in charge of that huddle. He he apologized to Honey Badger today. What I yeah. saw that he sent a text and, and apologized, and uh, the Badger came out and said, "Yeah, I never really saw that side of him before." So, well, you know, there were some reports about him using some off-color language, uh, which really? you know, for a football game that that football team that's that's got to be pretty bad. But I mean, yeah. he did apologize, yeah. and Honey Badger didn't exactly accept it. Can, can we talk, speaking of the honey badger, can we talk about how, you know, this game was was 14 to 3 going into uh, the last minute and Andy Reid got a little liberal with his timeouts, which he's want to do, but t- calling timeout on third and two gave Brady Idiot. just, just like Idiot. Pack, just like the Packers did, gave him a shot and the honey badger, you know, 
defensive pass interference. That was a ball catchable. I don't know question, but you can't tackle the guy as the ball is coming down. And, and, then, and he you know, was not he was not looking back at the ball, so I don't know what he's complaining about. Well, and then, and then to make matters worse, he commits P.I. again in the end zone, which gave him a, a layup touchdown to A.B. I mean, they were probably going to have to kick a field goal. You're I've never seen so much holding in a Super Bowl in my entire life as the Chiefs did in that game. And then they whined about getting called occasionally for it. Well, well you know, it's funny because Romo in, uh, in the AFC Championship game, Romo, kept saying how the Chiefs had good sticky defense uh, in the secondary uh, on the Bills, but I, I think that maybe they got caught for being a little too sticky. I mean, you know, can we talk lot. about Romo for a minute? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it just me, or did, has he gone from, an, in two or three years, an extremely insightful analyst to, to this obsequious dolt who just, who just fawns all over Jim Nance, and now all of a sudden – can't tell you what 31 minus nine is. It was did, you, weird. did you catch that? that was Patrick, weird. did you that catch that at all? No, I haven't seen the, the score was 31 to nine. And he's like, Jim, what, what's the difference? And Nance is like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, what is 31 minus nine? He so couldn't figure it out. That. In his head. This <laughs> yeah. went on for like two minutes. It took a lot of hits in his time. I want to say something about what, what Pope just said, I, you know, you guys gave me flack when the first couple years when the Chiefs were advancing deep and I was kind of rooting against Andy <laughs> Reid. And I, I was bitter and I was jaded because we went to five NFC championships when he was coach of the Eagles and he only got us to the Super Bowl once. And even then he choked on time management. What Andy Reid did in that game, I mean, we were watching it together by text we knew that the week before they had burned the Packers on a final play. Were you not scouting the game? You do not give Brady an extra down. Don't poke the bear. So, and you were getting the ball back in the second half. It yeah. was such a dumb, dumb call. It just it's it's unfathomable. It makes no sense. Like, how do you it's it's worse, it's probably worse than the floor kicking the field goal. In, in the championship game instead of going for the touchdown. I mean, it's that, it's that like brain lock. Like, what do you, how did you get there? Well, you can understand him being a little distracted, right. With what happened with his son. He re I really think he needed to turn over the play calling in that game to be yeah. enemy. Well, who, what, what kind of defense are you running there? By the way, were they right. going man to man with, with right. Evans? He's going to yeah. go deep every time. They, yeah. They, they weren't playing prevent. I can tell you that. Yeah. I mean, and look, that's a penalty, by the way. I mean, there's been much made about the penalty call. No, no, and, it's obviously a penalty. That was obviously a penalty. And Which one? Saying, Which one? The, the one PI. where he, the guy, the guy fell. I think it was. Um, it was Breland fell, and yeah, and yeah. his hands hit the back of Evans' uh, feet as he was running and tripped him right. up. Yeah, I, I that's mean, a penalty, the penalty every time. The, the, were there really? There was a, there was probably one call. That was a bad call, and that was the holding on the tip on the tip ball. Cost him an interception. Yeah, it cost him the INT. I mean, look that that first of all, the rules should probably change, right? You tip the ball. I don't know that the holding, you know, that 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 call should get wiped out. Like it, pass interference is wiped out if the ball's tipped, That's right. right? So, right. I mean, I guess the idea is that holding, you know, it's before the ball's thrown. So the tip, I mean, you get into like a legal argument on on you know like the point of it all. But I don't know. I I didn't think the penalties. 
you know, it, it, that's the game, right? I mean, there's there's calls that go every well, that go the wrong way in every single football game. They're highlighted in the Super Bowl. But, Kansas City well. shot themselves in the foot. I mean, how about the yeah. how about the offside? So Tampa has to kick a field goal to make it ten to three, right. and offsides on on uh, Merriman, which you know, no way they're going to block that, and they get a free shot at. What do you know? Two plays later, Gronk, the game another fourteen to three. Listen, uh, I, 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 I do want to say this because the guys talked about it on TV at halftime. I don't think it would have made any difference. Tampa dominated the Super Bowl. I'm glad in the end it didn't make a, a difference because I don't think particularly the first half it was a well-officiated game. I think the refs injected themselves in that game unnecessarily. I think they were a little flag happy. I think some of the calls, yes, you're right. Technically, they were violations. I think they let stuff like that go all the time. And look, Bison, you say it all the time. Let them play. It's football. Yeah, and well, that's true. I think I think particularly in the Super Bowl in the first half, they didn't let them play. I don't think in the end it made it much of a difference at all. But in mm-hmm. terms of particularly the first half, I didn't think it was a well-officiated game. You know, well, I, 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 go ahead, Mr. I, I think that I really do think that the holding by the Chiefs was flagrant and they were holding every receiver every down. Something had to be called. I'll, and I also think it wouldn't have made any difference whatsoever. If, even if Mahomes had had a healthy foot, it wouldn't have mattered. The Bucks ran down their throats, and their defense was t- more than they could handle. Milk, take a little victory lap here. Come on, my man. Cry. Cry for us. Well, I've got the most important question I want to ask, and it's to you, Brewster. What did you think about the halftime show? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want your feedback. I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I liked the entertainment on the whole. I thought there was a lot of really cool stuff. Um, I hated the Lombardi CGI thing. I thought that was creepy as hell. The and hologram? The oh, weekend, I thought that was kind of cool, actually. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Uh, it just was weird. It's like a, it just was weird to me. Um, but I talked to a musician friend of mine who said that the problem with the halftime show for the TV viewing audience, you may not have experienced this milk, is that they needed to have a sound engineer uh, run the show through a separate mixer for the TV audience, which is usually what happens. But the weekend decided to fund most of this himself and didn't do that. So the the sound on television was terrible, was just terrible. It was really almost hard I, to hear him. I, the only way I think it could have been better was if they literally unplugged the sound from the television. <laughs> yeah. That might have made it better. That whole scene where he's like lost in the in the in the inside of the structure House with all mirrors. mirrors and in a maze. I mean, I thought I was gonna have a seizure watching. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Watching but that. he also just I don't know, there's something about him. I know we're I know we're gonna come off sounding like a bunch of old people talking about this i'm sure especially the young yourself. women love oh. this guy but jeez he just seems like a cheesy version of michael jackson to me with without a voice i mean he doesn't have a very good voice in my well, opinion toby what are your kids texting what do you call yeah, my my milk my 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 son's said well two my two older kids the first one said the weekend sucks and then the next one wrote back walmart michael jackson <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I thought that um, the Justin Timberlake, Janet Jackson nipple scene was more entertaining <laughs> than that. So you well, I'm sure you did. Hard. I would yeah, rank this below that halftime show. You but the J-Lo last year was better. Right. Oh, yeah. And the sound was 
really good. Well, I was there the year they had uh, um, Beyonce in New Orleans when the when the power went out at halftime, and that was even better. Wow! wow. Oh, what uh, about did, what about? Oh, go ahead. I just want to know. It sounded like it was an advantage to us. I think at home on television, being there, did it truly sound like a home field advantage? Absolutely. I'd say I would say it's seventy percent Bucks fans. There were there was uh, there were Chiefs fans. They were noticeable. How about uh, the cutouts? Were the cutouts pretty heavily for Tampa? Well, <laughs> yes. How, how more, far was your group Tampa of buddies from the next group of people in What's the that? stands? Like, what kind of separation among groups was there in the stands? I'm, I mean, it's it's pretty big. I mean, you're, there's no one within like they only put a couple people in a row. Wow. So you might have like on one side of the row, a, a pod of four, and then on the other side, a pod of four. And then like, there's no one in front of you or behind you. Um, I mean, it's, so you're, I mean, it's pretty well distance. Did it, you it, get into a fight with any of the cutouts? <laughs> I, I punched a couple. Did you, who won? Nice. <laughs> the, the cutout. Wouldn't be hard. Look at me. I'm a small guy, man. Hey, did you try that new, uh, uh, ultra uh, orange seltzer drink or whatever they had on the commercial. No, I did drink a lot of ultras for you, Rooster. So, no, were so, you there? Were you? The, go so ahead. No, go no, I was just gonna say. So, the, so the you know Brady got all the Brady versus Mahomes got all the attention. But what about Gronk versus Kelsey? You know, as far as looking, you know, the goat tight end versus the 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 baby goat tight end. He was an inch away from a third touchdown. Right. And, okay. and, and how about that goal line play where you say Rojo got stoned twice? If they had done play action and thrown it to Gronk, he did easily have had three touchdowns. Well, yeah, I don't know what they were doing on that. When they Do they're the same age? Gronk and Kelsey are the same age? No way. Really? They're like six months. Gronk's like six months older than yeah, both Gronk's 31 right now. I didn't know that. Well, look, I, Milk, I, I am happy for you today. I, I really am. I'm going to tell you that in about a month, I'm going to be bitter as hell. And I'll tell you why. This whole thing, as our viewers can't see behind me, it's no longer Tampa Bay. It is now Champa Bay. This is unbelievable. This city has three professional sports teams. And within one year, they win the Stanley Cup. They barely lose the World Series to a juggernaut Dodgers team. And they steamroll the returning world champion Chiefs. In most seasons, these teams have stadiums that are half empty because their teams are putrid. And now, a year later, a couple years later, a small market city is in three of the finals, having won two of them. I want to vomit in a way, but I am happy for you in Champa Bay. I'd say the pandemic's been good for you guys. It's it's been unbelievable. Uh, the last five months have taken five years off my life. I mean, literally. Um, and, but I don't, I mean, look, the lightning, they might be back in the Stanley cup. Finals. Yeah. Yeah. Right now they're the number one power rated team. Well, speaking of being back and maybe put a bow on this, uh, super bowl game review, uh, not too early predictions. I mean, does anybody see a rematch on the horizon? I certainly do. They'll be prohibitive favorites in both conferences. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. But there's too many unknowns with the quarterback situation. The right. quarterback situation in the NFL is going to change so dramatic, drastically. Excuse me on uh, 
in the next couple of weeks. It's it's really hard, but yeah, right, right. now today you got to say they're the two favorites. Right, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson could wind up with the 49ers and you know, then what happens? Right. I don't know. Somebody's going to have to take it out of uh, Tom's hands, though. I saw that. I like that the Nats tweeted out today. Congratulations, Tampa, on all your champ, on all your success. We know how it feels. It had pictures of the Nats, the, the Caps winning the Cup, and the Mystics winning the <laughs> WNBA. They're like, we know how you feel, Tampa. It was pretty cool. Stamkos, a Lightning player, sent out a picture, and it was their entire team. I guess they're in Nashville today. And it was the entire team, all in Bucks jerseys. Just the, the really cool the way they support each other. That that is cool. I, you know, I do remember that from the Caps and the Nats. They had like a love affair between the two teams, and it it was really cool. I remember that stuff. So that's I was fun. at that Caps game when the Nats all showed up and rode, rode the Zamboni. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. It just makes it fun for your city. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Mil- you, you were you, you were there at the game with your brother? Yes. I was. And is he the same level of Bucks fan as you are? I mean, was this kind of like a, a pretty emotional moment for as a family thing? It was great. Yeah, just like surreal, like sitting. I mean, we both were like pinching ourselves. Like we would look at each other and be like, are we here at the Super Bowl in our own stadium about to win? And Tom Brady is our quarterback. Yes. Like, just, like <laughs> think about where we were a year ago. Cup seven and nine. Jameis Winston just throw his 30th pick. I mean, it, it was a joke. Uh, we'd have, What's the age difference with you we, two? We'd have 20,000 in the stands, and that was before pandemic. So it's uh, it's nuts. He's three years older than me. Really? Yeah. It was Fun. a special moment. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like, like your son. We're happy how, for you, man. How have your sons reacted? <laughs> you didn't see the scream? <laughs> <laughs> it's correct. Yeah, my youngest doesn't really know what's going on, but. Harris, my oldest, was he's going crazy. He's obsessed with the uh, Brady. Do you see Brady and Gronk do the Disney World thing? Yeah. Mm-mm. So he's watched that on repeat a hundred times. <laughs> you Speaking know of that, guys, I know Milk. You, you unless you have watched a replay or some of the YouTube ads, let's talk quickly about the Super Bowl commercials because that's always one of the best uh, best topics. Who who thought? Uh, who, who, what was the best one in your all's minds? I well, thought the Jeep ad with Springsteen, hands down, was the best, maybe the best ad I've ever seen at a Super as a, Bowl. As a like, serious it ad, was like, it was one of the best. It was like a, a movie quality ad. That addressed the politics of the moment without being political. Um, it, it reminded me of the the visuals of uh, No Country for Old Men. I mean, it was just beautiful, I thought. How many people do you think know what product he was promoting? Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's that's true with a lot of ads. But, I, I mean, it came out at the end that it was Jeep. Right, clearly. right. I mean, you know, obviously Jeep went all in. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I how, can, how could you argue against that one? But um, how about the... Uh, uh, <laughs> the Will Ferrell Norway one. What'd y'all think about that, that one? My, that, that was, was my favorite. I mean, that was amazing. I mean, if you're going serious, Bruce wins the, but funny 
Will Farrell takes it. That was so, so funny. But a close second behind that, I I thought the the rewind on the Uber Eats to bring Wayne and Garth back for Wayne's yeah. World yeah. was really, really funny. That was well done. Anything with, with Wayne and Garth is funny, but it was to me it was a little ironic to have Uber Eats um championing championing uh, local restaurants that they are ripping off for like 32% to make a delivery. I thought the Bud Light Legends was fantastic. I mean, they brought everybody back. Dr. Glackowitz and and uh, everybody. I love you, Johnny. Man. I like good. the, uh, I don't know if it was a, an official Super Bowl ad, but I, I like the Brady and Gronk T-Mobile one. T-Mobile one was good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. And then one of my favorites, obviously, was Drake from State Farm. Yeah, that was good. That's good. That was good. Mahomes looks. Mahomes looks over at Paul Rudd. He goes, "He doesn't look anything like me." I like the way they said, "What's an artichoke?" Nobody knows. Leave it alone in the Helmets commercial. That was probably my favorite single line of all the commercials. Is it, is it just me, or did Budweiser say we are not advertising during the Super Bowl and we're giving all this money to charity? And what they really meant was we're not av- advertising Bud Heavy, but we're going to advertise the hell out of Bud <laughs> Seltzer right. and Bud Zero. I mean, yeah, on. but they but they do. They always, by, it was Anheuser Busch that was. Yeah, that, that, not I think Budweiser. they qualify for Punchable Face of the Week. You know, well, that's a pre well, milk. We were talking last night that maybe one of the hardest things in all of sports is to repeat as a champion. I, I mean, it's just so very difficult what the chiefs were trying to do. So you're going to take a bunch of victory laps and then you're going to have the bullseye on you. Yep. And like, who do you know already? Who are the bucks losing? Like, what do you see as the challenges to repeating? Yeah, that's good. Well, that's a good point. We've got some issues on re-signing people. I mean, we've got Godwin. We're going to have to re-sign Shaq Barrett. Got to keep him. Yep. Wow. But it's not sure. everyone's going to – I mean, what uh, Sue's up, I'd like to keep him. Um, but we're not going to be able to keep everybody. But I think you you've, know, got, you know, keep probably, you've got to lock down Shaq Barrett and I think Chris Godwin pretty quickly. And well, if Shaq, you can keep A.B. out of jail, I, he's going to have a hell of a year next year. Who? I said if you can keep A.B. out of jail, he's going to have a hell of a year next year. Well, we got to sign Gronk too. Gronk yeah. and A.B. Gronk will resign. He, what else is he going to do? Well, he may retire. You never know. Yeah. He'll have another year. He's having fun. I think he's just having a good time. I mean, look, I, I think Tampa is going to be like New England, and Brady can interchange whatever receiving core you want, and he's going to be able to do the same thing. Uh, I mean, yeah, you want to resign Godwin, great, but there's other receivers out there you can get for cheaper that Brady will make into the next Julian Edelman. I mean, yeah, you know, it's <laughs> – that's what goats do, Toby. Look, the good thing about next year, <laughs> the good thing about next year, Toby, is we play the NFC East. So, oh, <laughs> welcome, wow. welcome to Philadelphia, wow. please. Wow, Can't NFC wait. least. By the so, way, did Scotty Williams even play in that game? Scotty, who? Who's that little dude, number eighty? Miller. Scotty Miller. Touchdown Miller. Scott, back. Miller. Scott Miller. Did he even play? I didn't see him. He didn't do anything. Because you guys have, you guys have a fair Green number Bay. of good wide receivers. You could lose one and be okay. Yeah, I would prefer not to lose Godwin. I mean, I'd rather lose AB. 
And he didn't really. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we didn't really. And Scotty Miller is a very capable replacement. And you guys get the benefit because you were the wild card. You don't even have to play the number one teams in the other other uh, divisions. You're not even playing the number one team schedule next year. Yeah, that's right. Is this Brady's chance to, to go undefeated? Is this his chance to go undefeated again? And uh, on the table finally? That's, hey, that's that's the one thing that he hasn't done. I mean, he's like, yeah, that is, that's go. right. He's like, because I'm gonna, of I'm the t- New York football giants. Maybe the, maybe the Dolphins 72 are put on notice now. What do you think? Yeah, he's no like, shot. well, I hadn't won a Super Bowl in the NFC. Okay, I've done that. I, uh, I, wanna, I guess I could be the first quarterback to win it in their own home stadium. Okay, I've done that now. What's, what's, what's next? Did, did Belichick watch? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, that but had, you see the, that the had paint- to be tough. The Patriots tweeted out, "Congratulations." Uh huh. You know the, you know you guys mentioned the wide receivers are so good. Not only did Gronk have those touchdown, couple touchdowns, Brait had an amazing play in the middle of the game, and then your third tight end dropped one in the end zone. Yeah, I mean yeah. your tight ends were yeah. having no, that a was field an offensive day. lineman, wasn't it? No, 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 no. The one in the corner. It was just yeah. a lot of his reach. Uh-huh. Don't forget, by the way, our main tight end is hurt, been hurt all year, OJ Howard. Yeah. So he'll be back next year, just to add to the the arsenal. Well, Milk, you're you're. I'm sure you're going to win it all next year, no problem. <laughs> hey, it's in LA next year, so. so just just raise your hand if you bet the bucks straight up and actually put money on it. Did anybody do that straight up? I did. Put money on it. I've been supporting the bucks all the way through this playoffs. No, but you suckers, I'm pretty sure all each owe me 25 bucks on the prop bets because I know that I won. I know that I won the SMQB's inaugural prop bet competition. So score it up. I've already taken down two of you. The other two have to score yours. I'm sure that I did not win because I decided I was going to go against my gut instinct on every pick. (laughs) So I would have won. If I went with the gut instinct, that was like the, the, instead the I came in Costanza, last. The George Costanza method of picking. Yeah, sure, I did. I I'm pretty sure the Costanza was method. hammered. Didn't work. was hammered when he sent his in. So I'll look at it, but I'm pretty sure that house got that. I did that from outside the stadium. I know. <laughs> On my hand. <laughs> well, congrats, Milk. So do we have a punchable uh, face of the week? Well, listen, I'm I'm not as much as I would love to punch Tom Brady. It's not Tom Brady, believe it or not. But yesterday's game, I think, was an incredible accomplishment. I think all of us in the beginning, I mean, we talked about it by text. If we took the over-under as to whether or not or what week the NFL season was going to end, none of us thought it was going to go all the way through. None of us thought there was going to be a Super Bowl, and none of us thought there were going to be fans in the stands. I mean, kudos to the NFL for what they did. It's about entertainment for the fans. Well, there's another league that apparently does not want to entertain the fans. And earlier this week, there were some comments from LeBron James who said that it was a slap in the face to make NBA players play in the All-Star game. And once that kind of influencer chimed in with that, of course, that was met with follow-up comments from other people like KD and others 
who now are saying it's stupid that the NBA players should have to play in an all-star game. Give me a break, LeBron. You're amazing on the court, but this is such a jerk thing to say. There are so many millions of people that are stuck inside where one of their only pure opportunities for entertainment is sports. And the NBA All-Star Game weekend is the best All-Star Game of all the sports. The three-point competition, the skills competition, the dunk competition, and then the game. There are a lot of memories actually in basketball from the All-Star Game and the related competitions. And this is for the fans. There's not going to be anyone in the stands, most likely, just like the games haven't been. There's no risk to you. So it's one extra night that you have to play. You're paid tens of millions of dollars to play basketball, to entertain the fans. So you know what's stupid? You know what's a slap in the face? You know what's a punch in the face? A punch in your face, LeBron. Play the damn game. Play the all-star game. That's my punchable face of the week. Hey, Bison, I got a question for you. Just wait a minute, give Laura Ingraham a moment to that, cool off there. Do you think that the GOAT, <laughs> Michael Jordan, would beg out of an all-star game? Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, no. my God. Of Competition, baby. Absolutely. No, you know, these, guys, the these guys are pampered today, like un, unlike any other. Jordan would be there. Choose on. Let's go. I mean, I love the fact that you're you're couching this in terms of it's for the fans. Please, this is a money grabbing uh, 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 theft by the owners and the league. These guys, first of all, LeBron's basically come out and been supported now by by everyone. I mean, Kawhi, Giannis, every every major star has come out and said this. And you know, you got to remember, first of all. They didn't think that they were going to have to play an all-star game when they worked out the season. I mean, some of these guys just finished the playoffs and had is the shortest offseason they had. Their, their bodies are their livelihood. You know, injuries happen when you get worn out and worn down. And these guys went through a really difficult uh, postseason. It extended well beyond what the usual season is. They didn't get the rest that they usually do. They went right back to work. And, and now, because the league wants to cash in, like it always does, it just throws these guys out there and just trying to just make a money on their back, make a dollar on their back by holding an all-star game when they didn't think they were going to have to do this. They, you know, these guys, this, this season with, the, with COVID, it's not easy on these guys. Even on their days off when they're not playing, they're going into the facility, they're getting tested, the protocols – are, are through the roof. They're literally, I mean, look, it's, look, there's no doubt these guys get paid well. They get co- highly compensated, but at the same time, this is their job and they don't have any days off. They think they're going to get a day, uh, get a week off, five nights off. And, and all this is, is why it's, it's putting, you know, the, the league wants to talk about these safety protocols. They pull Katie out of a game the other night because of the safety protocols. Oh, we're so worried about health and safety. We're so worried. And they're going to host an all-star game that means nothing. That means nothing to, to anybody. I mean, the fans are getting an NBA season. I'm sorry. I think I think good for LeBron. He stood up. This guy stands up for his players. You know, you talk about would, would Jordan have done this? Nah, Jordan wouldn't have done it because he wouldn't have wanted to upset anybody. He wouldn't have wanted to upset any of the owners because he wanted to be an owner. 
He wouldn't have wanted to upset any any of the viewers because he wants to sell shoes. LeBron stands up and, and speaks out for these guys. So totally disagree. Totally disagree. Please make sure that the production team puts in the audio clip of that tiny little violin that plays for LeBron <laughs> when he's so upset about having to come in and get his nose swabbed and play an extra game for $80 million. Please. What a baby. Play the game. Play the damn game. Wow. No, congrats. We're really, really All happy right, for man. you. This is a, this is, I can't wait till there's another SMQB podcast that has another one of us as a champion. But I, you are holding the title. You're the king right now, my brother. I would, I would really like that because I could be a I, while. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> been an exhausting five months. If you're and counting on Dallas, it could be a while. Yeah. Kudos, kudos to the NFL uh, with how they handled the pandemic. I just wanted to add that. I think the uh, positive rate amongst players, they said it yesterday, was 0.08 percent, which is nuts. Well, and didn't they didn't cancel one game? Do you think though? Seriously, do you think that if Mahomes or Brady had tested positive, we would ever hear about it? Yeah, right. No way. No Fair way. Point. No way. The no night before. Way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No chance. That's true. All right. Congrats, Milk. Good job, everybody. Thanks, See guys. guys. Next week. See you all next week. Enjoy it, Milk. This is it. We're not going to be nice to you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy your See parade. Y'all. See you, boys. See, See ya. ya. See ya.